welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes five through eight, right? Of My yeah. Mister. <laughs> I, I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to get the vibes of why people like it. Yeah, I so I got really engaged with it, but like episode five and six, I was one hundred percent in it. I was like, I could keep watching this all day. Um, oh, dang! Because those were big episodes for like building the friendship between the two leads, uh, Dong Hoon and Jian, was like mm-hmm. a really lovely time. And then later in episodes seven and eight, and more in eight than seven, but in both of them, there was a little bit more resurrecting the politics, like the corporate politics. Yeah. That they had kind of managed to brush aside through five and six. They were kind of like, yeah, Dong Hoon is out. He's sick of this. Uh, and he's feeling okay about his job and everything, so... Like, not great, but, like, he isn't being dragged into the politics fully. And then, yeah, once again, 7 and 8, it's back with a vengeance. People trying (laughs) to get rich. Do I care? Not really. Not really, especially when they're just both children about it. Were they, like, fighting? Genuinely yelling at each other over a boardroom table? And also being douchebags about it, where they're paying people lots of money to sabotage anyone who gets in their way. It's exhausting. Yeah, exhausting is a great word for it. Let's not anymore, guys. I am on Kong Yoon-hee's side. Uh, Okay, that's the wife? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm on her side. She's ready... For him to quit for, like, all of these episodes, kind of the earlier ones more than the latter. The latter, she's a little bit preoccupied. (laughs) Um, And I'm with her. I want him to just quit and start his own business and stop having to deal with these people. Like, even if he's not the richest at his job, you know, like, if it's a small business, but it's, like, enough Mm -hmm. to get by, I'm 100% supportive. I'm with him. I love him. I believe in him. I want him to not have to look at the skeezy face of uh, CEO Do Jung Young. I'm done with him. What if he was dead? No, I'm kidding. He doesn't have to die. I just don't want to see him anymore. Yeah, I get that. I can see that. Of like, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be fun to start your own business. And maybe, I don't know, I... I don't think that uh, Dong Hoon has that entrepreneurial spirit within him where he is excited about working a bunch and <laughs> trying really hard to n- pave his own way in the world. Yeah, his hobby is literally drinking, so <laughs> he wants enough time to do that. I He's at the place now where he has enough time to do that as his hobby, and I don't think starting your own business allows for as much of that. So I get his hesitancy. But yeah, it's hard. I'm trying really hard not to 
save their marriage because I don't think that's my place. But I'm like, but maybe since she very, very clearly just broke up with your boss, maybe it's a good time to be like, if I really want to save this thing, maybe I should stop interacting with this boss and this company and just kind of get my wife and myself away from all of that entirely. Extricate ourselves from any and all of those weird ties that we've made for ourselves at that company. Yeah, like just healthy for everyone. Like you don't have to look at the man who is sleeping with your wife. Your wife doesn't have to know that you're going to work with the man she used to be sleeping with. Uh, and have to relive that shame every day as you leave the home. Like, just make it better on both of you. And like you said, is it my place to save the marriage? Not necessarily. I am kind of rooting for it in the sense that I think that a well-navigated and, like, situationally... Like, the situation is very important, and the people, and if they want to save it, is very important. I think people can come back from that. Like, I am the last person to cast judgment on people who forgive their spouse for cheating. Um, and also, he clearly has a lot of work to do, because I was even frustrated with the way he communicates with his wife. The whole oh my God. <laughs> freaking time. Just answer her questions at the very least, you dickhole. Like... <laughs> Do anything, emote at all. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, you see exactly what she was talking about in the first four episodes, in in these four episodes, where he very clearly is like, "No, I'm gonna fight for her. I want my wife back. Like this is a, something that I care about. Our relationship is very precious to me, and I will punch Dojun Young off the roof if I have to." And then he goes home and he's like, "Sup." And you're like, what? Yeah. That's about how you save your marriage, bud. <laughs> like, do you want to eat with me? No? All right. Goes home and sits on the couch and refuses to talk to her when she gets home. What is... Is this your method? It, Did you're somebody tell you to do this? Terrible job. Just, I guess it's one of those things. And his mom kind of called it out, too. So clearly it's just an aspect of his character but I guess I have never personally met someone who just, like, doesn't talk at all, ever, in any situation, about any feelings, e even if they're, like, I don't know, even just responses to questions would be a big thing to me, you know? Like, like if she says something to you, say something back. It's not hard. It's She's your wife. Yeah. I think it's hard because... I'm a very shy person, so I very much identify with not feeling comfortable responding to people, but it's a choice you have to make in relationships that you care about, is to overcome that discomfort and say, I'm going to share what's inside of me in spite of my discomfort, because I care and I want you to know that I care, so... I'm I'm going to be open and I'm going to respond to you and I think eventually you kind of get past that shyness and start to trust the relationship more and be able to share without having to like force yourself force yourself to do it. So it's frustrating. It's like how how did you ever get married yeah. to each other? 
Did you communicate with her at one point and then you stopped? Were you always not communicative and at one point she was more okay with it? I I can't imagine you getting this far in your relationship with you always being like this. Yeah. And it does not in any way excuse her actions. Her action at the point of feeling lonely, probably in a healthy relationship, should have been sitting down across from you and saying, I can't do this if you're going to shut me out. So you yeah. either have to communicate with me and we'll find a way that works for both of us, or we have to leave this relationship behind, not I'm going to go sleep with this twerp you knew in college. Yeah, she definitely also messed up real bad. Yes. But it's <laughs> it's very frustrating to watch this point in their relationship when he knows that she's kind of given up on the relationship and he's like, okay, I'm determined to get her back. I'm determined to save this. At least that's what it seemed like. Maybe that's not his plan at all. Maybe I'm reading way too deep into this. He was fine with the status quo as long as she wasn't sleeping with his boss. Yeah. That's also sad, bud. You can't be that way. You can't have it both ways. You can't keep her, but also never speak to her and just keep her as, like, an isolated, caged bird. Yeah. What is happening with this relationship? I hate to see it. I don't, like, I want them to be together because I think maybe they could be happy. They've been together a very long time, and I hope that they could save their relationship in a healthy way. But if they can't, I just want them to end it already because it is very hard to watch them keep on this track that they're on. Yeah, like, just... Do it right, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I am hoping that they can pull it together, too, because I actually, like you said, I think they could be happy. And I actually really like the idea of um, them representing a couple that can work through their problems, even and including fidel infidelity. Like, mm. I think that that's interesting representation that we don't see a bunch uh especially like in any media really western or like korean dramas you don't see usually it's like someone cheated and they're the bad guy and i don't think that's yeah. the case in this situation i think she was feeling isolated and it was a bad relationship it wasn't going well and she also did a bad thing but like it wasn't like it was a healthy relationship she sabotaged it was always bad <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a one-sided sabotage. Yes, but I also don't think it's a completely, like, unsavable thing, and it would be interesting to see them work through infidelity and just have him, like, show that side of forgiveness and also her side of kind of recovery and forgiving herself and working on her relationship it would be very cool. Yeah, and interesting to see how they would do it because... Dong Hoon was so adamant that she never find out that he knew about the affair. But it was so hard to see that after his talk with Jian, where they talked about shame and how you're just waiting. You're waiting for everyone in your life to find out your deepest, darkest secret. And once they find it out, 
they're going to leave you, they're going to hate you. And he's like, and that's the kind of psychological torture I want for my wife. Like, yeah. you know, tell her you know so that she can start to work through that with you and say, like, I made a mistake and I'm trying to be honest with you and the person that I maybe love the most in this world knows my my worst moment and still loves me through it instead of being like, nope. She has to hide it from me for the rest of time. And I hope that doesn't destroy her, even though I know that destroys people. Yeah, yeah. And then it w- also in that same discussion he had with Gian, where she said how she feels about it, he straight up at the end of her talking about how she's suffocating on her own anxiety of people finding out about her darkest moment and leaving her behind, is like, no, no, do it my way. <laughs> Like, what? But sometimes they have the most beautiful conversations. And I love that it's a debate. It's not just them teaching a life lesson and saying it is this way. But the way that he talks down to her a little bit in those conversations is occasionally like, well, kids your age would think that. But... In actuality, life is like this. And I don't know if it's like a translation thing or what. Because it's it's straight up mansplaining. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, you're wrong. But that's okay because you're young and a woman. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, actually, think of it this way. It's like, no, 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 no. You're a great guy, but you need to stop right there. Her feelings are valid as fuck. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, the way that he debates with her is totally fine. Very good way to have adult conversations. But sometimes he slips in these little condescending things that make it all unravel very quickly. (laughs) Damn it. But (laughs) you're so close. You're so close to being a good mentor. I have a really important question to ask you. Okay. How do you feel about the Choi Yura storyline, the actress storyline? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go deep now. <laughs> I thought we'd start with the easy low ball questions. <laughs> um I'd say ninety percent of it I have not connected with and maybe also hated. But I understood that the hate was coming from just not understanding what was going on with that girl. Like, so confused. And then 10% of it, she's, like, revealing her feelings. She's got pretty good monologues. And I'm like, all right, I'm starting to see what's happening here. And I, I really like that. But it's just so, such a small part of her character and her storyline that I still am like, you don't have to be on the show. I don't need you. I kind of feel the same way. I also, so the first episode that she was introduced in, she spent the entire time relishing in someone else's misery. And it's tricky because I can understand that he was likely abusive to her in a way that we clearly don't know for her to be that messed up and for other people to be that messed up over it still. He's... One of those artists that um, demolishes other humans in the wake of his work, which, big bummer. 
I guess what was hard for me is I've had people, I've had people I worked for do some pretty terrible things to me. And I don't think I would, or like say some stuff to me, you know, like I've, I've had some bosses I haven't been the most fond of. And I still would not find them in their darkest moments and rub their face in it. For like days on end, kind of harassment level. Show up at their job yourself and then bring other people, more and more people every day, to point fingers at them and be like, look at this dude. Remember when he sucked? Look at him now. Like, what? I hate this. I'm so uncomfortable. This is harassment. You're being a bad person. And yeah, I think it was a really well-developed storyline. I thought it was really interesting how they slowly revealed how much psychological damage he did to this girl. Because that's intense and unfair and not good. But it was such an odd choice to reveal it in that way, where it's like, and this person that he abused is coming back again and again and again, both to harass him and just to be around him in like this weird self-fulfilling way that she's like the only joy I have is your misery right and then she like flipped it as soon as he called her out on it and got really mad at people for doing the same thing and it was just I don't know you started this crazy like misery fest and I get that maybe you regret your actions now but I don't know I guess part of me is like it doesn't take a rocket rocket scientist to know that reveling in someone else's misery isn't going to make you a happier person. Yeah. And this is a long time. You'd think you could try that out for like a day or two and be like, actually, I don't feel much better. She's going for like two weeks now. Yeah. Uh. What? Okay, well, I hope <laughs> she, yeah, I hope she figures herself out. Because, yeah, that storyline has me twitching toward the 10-second skip button way too often. Mm-hmm. I think the only aspect that I really, really enjoy about her storyline is her relationship with the bar owner, Jung-hui. Yes, that is really nice. It's like a weird... Jung-hui's like, I kind of appreciate what you're going through. I've been through something similar, but also I can tell you're a little bit off-kilter, so... It's, uh, you're mostly just amusing to me. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. I just want Jung-hui to be happy. Right. She's lovely. I'm ready for her to be <laughs> happy. I'm worried about her and the lies mm-hmm. she's telling herself and her friends as she takes a walk around the block to get back to the bar. I'm a little worried about that. I was way more worried when she gives the line of I'm so ready to give myself up to love and nobody's ready to take it. I was like, it's so hard. Uh, I want you to have all the happiness, Jung-hui. I also feel like maybe you should get out of your bar more often. It does seem like that's the only place you have. And I don't know how you're going to meet someone there. Do you think she's in love with one of the characters we already know? 
I don't know. That would make sense as far as K-drama being a pretty closed universe where usually storylines end up in a satisfying way. My brain just says, no. No. (laughs) What are the chances? Absolutely not. Yeah. I think that's fair. I wondered if she was in love with uh, Dong-hoon, but... I don't know that there's enough evidence that that is the case. It's hard. All we have to work off of is their conversations, which are very, very normal conversations, and she doesn't give a lot of, like, swooning side-eye. We're stuck. We're stuck. (laughs) Who does she love? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to love somebody else. What if she loves the monk or something? Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, because he was, we found out he was a friend from the old days that gave up everything. And boy, howdy, if I don't appreciate the choices he's made, holy cow. Like, that speech that Dong-hoon gave about his friend who gave up everything because he realized that all of the things he had or would come to own or come to have in the future did not make up who he was and... If those things cracked and fell apart and he had put too much of himself on top of them, then he would also fall apart. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> All right. Okay. I need to walk after that. <laughs> I don't know what to do with all of this judgment I have for myself now. I don't know what you want. I feel like my instinct, I don't Maybe you could tell me how you felt my gut instinct was to be like yes same bud yes <laughs> I am <laughs> and I was like you're not oh no this is a mistake you're not a I you're not a monk material things <laughs> yeah I yeah because I was very much the same where I was like I don't know it's been a hard year I'm not gonna say that I've come anywhere near the rock bottom that all of these people have come to that is that would be reductive of what they're going through. I'm going through nothing near what they're going through. But also, it does feel a little bit good to have that idea in the back of your head that my inherent value as a human being is not based on the things that I once defined myself by that may or may not still be in my life. I still have inherent value. That, super healthy. To kind of just say, like, you don't need family or anything. I don't know if I could get away with that. I do still kind of define myself by my family and my friends and the people I love. So... And, and my things. And my things. My, my garbage, material stupid things. things. My material thing. I'm definitely on my way to just achieving so little in my life that I can't base my worth on my material things, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> I feel like we still have plenty of material things, but we are jobless, so we don't define ourselves by our careers, and that's a good step. Look at us. (laughs) It's what the monk wanted for us. He's teaching us how to live a life that isn't based on achievement, for better or for worse. But he also is not being a burden on his family while doing it. Which uh, is not a level we've achieved, but you know we'll get there. Maybe, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> it's a journey, y'all. Yeah, that storyline was 
beautiful and made me contemplate life in ways that I did not want to. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Pass. Please stop talking about it. Dong Hoon, I can't. (laughs) Can I give you some of my softball questions that I thought we might cover? Yeah, we can go, we can work our way down the rung of of information. (laughs) Start heavy at the top. We're all over the rung. First is about the brother, Gian's brother, who's apparently not her brother. Yeah, okay. I'm glad that you're as confused as I am, but also a little bit sad that we can't clear it up for each other, right? (laughs) Right. Because I think even in the first four episodes, she called him a friend, and we were like, well, we know, wink, wink, your friend brother. Your friend brother. Your brother who is sort of, because you don't want people to know you have a brother, because you don't give out information about yourself, so it's your friend. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then the grandma called him a friend, and I was like, oh, grandmas wouldn't do that to their grandson. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think... That they have stated that she has dementia and that Gian is the only person in her life that she recognizes. But also, are they saying that? Is that her, like, my brain was like, is that her grandson that she just doesn't recognize? Who's to say? <laughs> I he don't does, think so. He goes the extra mile. Also, he said he was also responsible for some of Gian's debt, which is why I thought that he was her brother, because I thought it was a family debt. That's also my impression. I was going off of that she would say, pick up grandma, go get grandma. And obviously that's another very subtle translation thing, where I know that in Korean, that's exactly what she would be saying. No matter who she was talking to, she would say like, go get grandma, not necessarily go get my grandma, which is what we would say in English. Yes, we've got a lot of possessive pronouns. Uh Uh-huh, so I'm basing a lot off of very little information, but (laughs) who's this dude? I wish I could clear it up. I Now, as of right now, in this portion of the show, I'm very certain... He is her friend who helps her out a lot, which also makes me less mad about him dedicating so little interest to her goings-on and so much time to his video games. Because back when I thought he was her brother, I was like, sorry, bud, it's a family thing. You've got to help out. <laughs> and now I'm like, You're oh, family. he's actually doing the most. Uh, <laughs> If he's not part of the family, he's doing some work, so... For very little appreciation, which still makes me think that maybe he's a brother, because she was like, people only help me out for short periods of time to make themselves feel better, and then they leave me. And I'm like, well, who's that dude? He seems like he's been around for a while. Yeah, he seems to know what's going on. He sticks around. He's He sticks around enough that I straight up thought he was your brother, so... Uh-huh. So if you're just over here being like, oh, no, he's just my best friend, but we ignore <laughs> his efforts. That's pretty unfair. Yeah. Um. Hopefully by the end of this series, we know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. He has, goal. A, he has a different last name than her. 
So, we've just discovered more. (laughs) Another clue. (laughs) Another clue. So, once again, uh, moving a little bit further in the direction of not brother, good friend, that she does not acknowledge because I guess he has a bad attitude. I mean, I'll give her that much, but (laughs) he's pretty ambivalent to a lot of the stuff that happens, but not maybe as ambivalent as I thought, considering he's not her brother. I just, I try and live a life of gratitude, so it's very frustrating to see her be like, people never help me, I never get any assistance, and I love Dong-hoon calling her out and being like, you just named six people who give you assistance. (laughs) If people have helped you out, then people have helped you out, and that doesn't mean your life is easy now. It doesn't mean that their efforts lasted forever. It just sounds like uh, they were good people that you're not giving enough credit to. So... (laughs) So who's this dude? (laughs) (laughs) That's helping you out all the time. And you're like, nobody ever helps me. How many meals has he bought you? Four? For real. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He let you stay in his house when he lives in like a tiny one-room shack. He takes your grandma to the bathroom. That's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We'll We'll figure out this mystery by the end of the show. Okay, next softball question is... Did, I think they might have established this in episodes one through four, but we didn't touch on it in the podcast. So I will ask now, did you kind of think that their marriage was falling apart maybe because their son had died? I 100% feel like the first four episodes, that was the implication. Okay. Um, Because I was afraid to even approach the topic of his son in any direct way in the last episode of the podcast because I was so worried that he was dead and that, uh, or that he wouldn't, like, it would be the opposite of whatever I assumed. And both of them felt bad. And then it was like, oh, no, he's, little little guy's just studying abroad as a child. Yeah. My freaking, I think they said, maybe... Again, maybe they said this in the first four episodes and we just didn't touch on it because it was so, like, just a one-line thing. They said at some point, he's studying abroad. And they come back to that a lot more in these four episodes. It felt like a euphemism? (laughs) No, my brain automatically goes to, like, oh, their pictures are, like, ten years old. So he's, like, 17 now. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Very normal age to send your child abroad. Yeah, not, like... 10, like, I don't even think the kid's 10. He's probably, like, 8. And they're like, all right, we'll enjoy Europe. (laughs) What? 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 Can you also explain that? I don't understand. What's happening with this child? Why is he out in the world alone? He's really funny. He, like, stepped in it with his aunt, and he just freaking dealt with it. Just tried to Uh handle it. I was like, wow, kudos. (laughs) I feel like I definitely <laughs> stepped in it at that age a lot, too, and then I just died, turned cherry red and died from embarrassment. I'm a ghost coming to you now on the podcast. <laughs> I don't handle embarrassment well. No, but wouldn't you just hang up and be like, ah, technical difficulties? Yep. Uh, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's a super funny, very cute kid. The same age as he is in all of the pictures in their house. Why is he not in their house anymore? Why did you send him away for school at such a young age? Study abroad happens like in high school years. Because that's the age that your kids can maybe start to gain some independence and go out on their own. Up until that point, it's actually, I think, pretty good for them to hang out with their parents. Get a sturdy schedule. I don't know. I guess boarding school is a thing. I just don't... I didn't... I've never seen a Korean drama leverage it. So it's one of those things wherein it feels like a bizarre plotline to be like, and our kid is in boarding school. Yeah, I just... I know that this is how the show is going, where they don't... They show, they don't tell. And so it takes a lot longer to get information out of people. But can you just tell me what's going on with the kid just this one time? Just sit me down and explain (laughs) to me why your kid is out of the country and why you guys are in the country. Explain it to me like I'm five. Like he is. (laughs) How did you explain it to him? Younger and younger. (laughs) How did you explain it to this two-year-old when you send him away? (laughs) (laughs) that he's just gonna leave is he living with Yoon Hui's parents maybe I hope they're more supportive of her being a boss bitch who makes her own damn money and doesn't need support from her husband because I was over it when his mom was being mean about it I was like maybe she's financially independent so that their freaking marriage can work out because your other son is made his wife financially independent on him, and now she's in terrible debt and wants a divorce. So, which is better, really? (laughs) We won't talk about the fact that the other marriage is also falling apart a little bit right now. But, altogether, it just really seems like we could be supportive of Yoon-hui living her dreams. Period. Mm -hmm. End of statement. Whether or not she's making more money than her husband doesn't matter, but financial independence for a woman is not a bad thing. Louder for the people in the back, financial (laughs) independence for a woman is not a bad thing. (laughs) So, yeah, they've really dug into this. I think we kind of talked about it in the first episode, that his mom is not supportive of Yoon-hui or their marriage in any ways. Because her son is the the taker in their relationship. I don't know. That they're not supporting each other equally. Yudhui is doing most of the heavy lifting financially. And the mom thinks that's the worst thing. They really just kept bringing it up in these episodes. They kind of touched on it once in the first four And man, they dug their heels in in these four. They were like, no, if you did not understand, the mom is very old-fashioned. Let's say it however many times we need to say it for this point to get across. She's very old-fashioned, and also she hates literally anyone who's doing better than her sons. And we don't actually think that's true. We just think she said that so that she could hate young, uh, excuse me, (laughs) Yoon Hui more than she already does more than is reasonable for her to hate a daughter-in-law yeah 
all this does is put me more in Yunhui's corner because she had to deal with a lot. Once again, can't reiterate enough. Do not support her actions, but do support her feelings. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Come on, Mom. You're being the worst character now. <laughs> yep. You went from top tier to bottom tier really quick. <laughs> I think the only thing left that I want to talk about is Gian's arc that we've started to get a little bit more of. Whew. Um... <laughs> Yes, we do need to talk about Gian. I want to start with, because if we end with it, I'm going to end this podcast episode angry. Um, <laughs> so maybe we can like circle around her entire storyline in these four episodes. Okay. But I want to start with how absolutely terrifying I find her moneylender. Just absolutely mind-numbingly terrifying. He might be the scariest villain I've ever seen because... He is, I think, from what I can tell, I'm going to go with this, clearly in love with her and is violent. And there is nothing scarier to me than a man with all of those traits. He's got stalker vibes. He obviously beats the shit out of her, which is terrifying. And I'm, I'm honestly just grateful that they haven't pursued the in love with her plot too heavily I think it's just heavily implied at this point because mm -hmm. I'm so scared of this dude it like I'm actually ready for them to resolve that plot line because I kind of need him out of the picture because whenever he's around my heart is in my throat even the subtlety of him taking Dong Hoon's wallet I was like thank god Thank God that's all he did. I thought for sure he was just going to freaking stab Dong Hoon or something. I don't know why. I yeah. freaking, I will never get over the scene of Jian staring him down and being like, well, one of us is a murderer and it ain't you, bish. <laughs> so like, I love do her. what you want. I will always have the upper hand. I will always be the scarier of the two of us. But I have literally no qualms with killing you. The only thing that's stopping me is just that I'm, like, trying to fucking get through life. But if you push me, I will end both of us. I'll kill us both. I don't care. Oh, queen. I that, love her. <laughs> that is dark. Oh and my I gosh. love it for you. Yeah. Do not be intimidated by this piece of trash, Gian. I am. I'm intimidated by him. <laughs> you hold your own. Yes, girl. Get it. Yes, girl, get it. But I was waiting for him to turn around and be like, okay, we're playing the murder game. Let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Who can murder <laughs> who faster? Don't murder Dong Hoon. No, he would never murder Jian. Because like you said, he's a little bit obsessed with her. It, yeah, it makes me tense. And I very much appreciate a drama that isn't leaning into the stereotype that less attractive people are worse people. But god dang, I feel like our listeners will not be surprised to know how attracted I am to this <laughs> stupid man. Emily always loves the bad guy. I do. And it oh he's just so objectively attractive. I'll and give like you, you said, terrifying. Yeah. I'll give you the actor for sure. When I first saw the character I was like, oh, shit, hot damn, he fine. 
Um, just like that. That's the most authentic <laughs> Raquel I've ever been. Um, no, but I did. I thought he was extremely good looking. I am going to say, and I, no shade, no judgment. He makes me want to throw up now. He makes me physically ill because he's so good at doing his job. He's such a good actor mm-hmm. that he's brought it. He's brought it full force. And just the sight of him giving the wide-eyed stare when he gets right up in Gian's face and wide-eyed stares at her. I want him to die. I want him to be dead. <laughs> and this is how you're going to survive, Raquel. I'm going to be straight up murdered just because somebody's attractive and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I'm a murderer. I beat people to death. That's what's up. And I'm like, but I don't know. Look at your legs. They're very long and slim. Like, oh, yeah, damn. Good legs, bud. Are you a runner? I bet, it, I bet you run real good. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to murder you. You need to stop being attracted to me in this moment. <laughs> And start running, okay? Obviously, I will outrun you, look at my legs, but start running. It'll be fun for us. And I'm like, I don't know, this is kind of like a date. Good for you, Raquel. I'm glad you'll survive a freaking murder attempt by an attractive person. You might make him you might make him laugh to death. You might kill him through <laughs> l- laughter because I mean, you got me. So <laughs> You've got the element of surprise. I've just got the element of I don't mind seeing you dead, so you so threaten you fight him off. Yeah, you threaten me and we'll make you laugh. I will fight you and throw up on you. <laughs> Panic vomit all over you. Oh no. Hopefully he tries to fight both of us at once. I think we could tag team that. A yeah. real good balance of what we expect to go down <laughs> during our murder. E- Anyways, I thought I thought you were gonna say that we should start at the end of Gian's arc because she does seem to backtrack just the tiniest bit in episodes seven and eight. Yeah, I don't think she has. I think that maybe she's accepted the deal, but is going to like try and find a way out of it, or just keep feeding information to Dong Hoon, or feeding information to his wife. I don't think. She's in any way. But maybe I'm wrong. Like, if I am, I'm going to be so mad if she's backtracked. <laughs> I'm going to be livid if she is actually backtracked. I just think that they're pulling a bit of a fast one for a cliffhanger to be like, and she's still manipulating people for money. Yeah, I don't think she's going to take this last offer to try and, like, seduce him. But it's hard every time... I think, like you said, we kind of got more into the political side of things within the last two episodes. So we still saw Jian giving some information here and there to Dojun Young. And that was just objectively hard to watch because five and six, we kind of stayed away from that entire storyline. And we saw a lot of her coming to care genuinely and deeply about... Dong Hoon. So it was so frustrating to have to go back and be like, she does care, but she is still technically working against him in little ways that she probably doesn't know the consequences of because she's not in this master spider web of lies and information that Do Jun Young is trying to piecework together for Dong Hoon's downfall. Yeah. As little she's trying to give him, 
giving him anything could be detrimental to Dong Hoon. So it's hard. Yeah, I think that maybe where it where the crux is for me is that I'm nervous that even if she's no deal or like she took the money but doesn't intend to follow through in any way, I think it limits her ability to be near him because now that's what Do Jun Young is looking for, right? Like he mm-hmm. wants to find times when they're together. So it's like they can't do their meals anymore where they hang out. And I I don't think it's reciprocated in any way. I think he has definitely drawn the line of this is my friend um, at most. And even then, mm-hmm. it's more like this is the just a girl who gets me. I don't know if we're even friends. We've yeah. done favors for each other. Um, but uh, I think that he does not think of her romantically. I think she is actually in love with him right now. I think that it's one of those kind of misguided first person who's been truly kind to me and it's hard for her to not fall a little bit in love with him but i i do think it's there and so i'm sure that there was a temptation there where it's like you get to date him for real if you go through with this ooh i didn't think of that <laughs> yeah yeah i hope she's a better person than that and she wouldn't mm, i could date him and the outcome would be that he does get his life ruined. But, you know, I could date him. And that would be good for me. Yeah. I hope not. I hope she's come further than that within the few episodes that we've seen. Me too. And I do think she has. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Because I don't... I think they will still hang out. But then I think he'll find a way to use that against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that... Even if they keep it platonic, if they're seeing each other in any capacity, I think it can be used against them in his new master plan that he's hatching by himself with the help of no one and kind of has nothing left to lose, really, sort of. So Yeah. Dojin Young has hit rock bottom, which makes him very dangerous. Rock bottom being still the CEO of a major company. But could lose it, I guess, maybe, perhaps? Maybe, yeah. Or I feel like he'll still maintain his position, even if the other guy gets the chairman position. I don't know. Just rich people annoy me. Yeah. You need more money? That's what your goal is, to get more money? Because enough to live and then have excess is not enough? Wow. How am I supposed to root for you? Cool. Maybe you should be with the actress. The two people whose storylines I care about the least. Yeah, we'll just see whatever they can concoct. That feels like a a more classic K-drama trope. A CEO and an actress. A CEO who's losing his place in the firm. And a down-and-out actress who is never good at her job because we like to make women bad at their jobs. (laughs) Sorry, that was like a cheap shot that was painting with a broad brush. I don't think most K-dramas do that. I just think some have and it hurts my feelings when they do. That's They're like, fair. rich guy and woman who's bad at her job. Here we go. Perfect pair. <laughs> I mean, this show, it seems like Yoon Hui might be the only one who's a strong female woman. Oh, Jung Hui as well. The Huis. The Huis. They're good at their jobs. Yep, they're killing and it. And then there's like a mom and a grandma and an estranged wife and a down and 
Brown actress and Gian, who's not particularly good at any of her jobs. Yeah. But to balance it out, they've got a whole lot of men who are bad at their jobs, too. <laughs> like the brothers, all of the guys from the neighborhood. Pretty much Dong Hoon is the only person who's legitimately good at his job, and they're trying to take that away from him just through politics because he's bad at politics. It's a, it's a balanced show where nobody's good at anything and we're all just sad <laughs> all the time. Everyone's just sad and watching people be sad. <laughs> Welcome to my mister. <laughs> We've come up with the tagline. It's not concise, but it is accurate. <laughs> the descriptions on Netflix give me hope where it's like, heartfelt and warm and emotional and i'm like yeah. it is none of those things so far i would say melancholy sad occasional <laughs> Just different words for sad i can't even call it heartwarming it's like heart lukewarm like every once in a while there's a moment where it's like <laughs> oh they seem a little happier they just said fighting to mm. each other so <laughs> so that's cool yeah, every time Jian runs to him when uh, Dong Hoon is down and out and seems like he might be contemplating suicide, touching. Especially touching. after the second time when he's on the Han Bridge and you're like, that's the place where people go. That's where people end it. Get there, Jian. And she gets there and she's like, ah, fooled me twice. <laughs> she got like the biggest smile on her face. And I was like, good for you because my dumb brain i think i wouldn't know how to react in that situation but my dumb brain told me that she'd be like okay you gotta stop playing this trick i can't be running around town trying to save your life and you're not even in danger <laughs> and then he'd be like how did you know and she'd be like let's not talk about that <laughs> but in actuality she is a very good person who is like Somebody I care about is not committing suicide. That's objectively a good thing. I that makes me happy. As happy as I've been in all of the episodes. That's good to see, Gian. It's good to see. Yeah. She smiled twice and it made me realize how few times I've seen IU smile um in the roles she plays. I think that she smiles in real life. But in the roles that she <laughs> plays, Usually she's a deeply unhappy person who doesn't smile much. And so when I see her smile, it feels like a gift. She is the loveliest person. Yeah. I love how little she smiles in this show. I remember distinctly in the first, I think the first episode, she's working in the office. And she's like grumbling around as she does in that office. And somebody's like, good morning. And she's like, eh. And my brain, my instinct was somebody should tell her to smile. And I was like, oh, oh my no. God, the system has gotten me. <laughs> I am broken. And I very much appreciate shows like this that are like, no, that is the system. This is the patriarchy inside of you. It has built you into thinking that you and all other people need to smile and are deserving of everyone else's smiles back. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you actually feel, you have to smile. 
And I'm freaking here for my mister being like, no, we have a female lead who does not smile. That is her thing, is that she's unhappy and she doesn't fake it to make other people more comfortable. Good for you. Thank you, my mister, for showing me what reality is. Yeah, it it is nice when she has a reason to smile when she smiles, because then you're like, that is a hard-won smile, and I'm here for it. Yeah, so here for it. What a good show. Oh, man, we've we've talked about it so much more than I thought. I know. Time kind of flew on this episode. I do love talking. I do love talking about this show. I think we dragged it a little bit. I am enjoying it a lot, and I still have hope that there's going to be a big turnaround where things will start going right because it's sort of been happening a little bit on a small scale. It's got it. Yeah, we'll kick it into high gear. We are past the halfway mark and we've got to get more good things happening. We've got a few, but I want more. I'm greedy for heartfelt, heartwarming, emotional, inspiring, whatever else is tagged on Netflix. (laughs) Give that all to me. It hasn't happened in the first half. It feels a bit of a mislabel, but I'm expecting it. I'm excited for it in the last half. I'm ready. If you have expectations from this show or just thoughts about everything that has happened so far or anything at all that you want to share with us, the easiest place to do that is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we also have our social media accounts where you can just give a quick hey let us know what you think about my mister so far at Play on K Podcast on Instagram and at Play on K on Twitter. We also have a website where you can comment directly on the episodes. You can find links to sign up for our newsletter and find links to our affiliates, Blueberry Podcast Hosting and NordVPN. And those are at playonk.com. Yeah, and then we have our uh, direct Patreon where you can find bonus content and we do watch parties. And uh, that is playonk.com. Nope. Cancel that. That's patreon.com slash playonk. Um, And yeah, you can go check out what you get with our different tiers. Yeah, and we'd love your support. Uh, The final way that you can support our show is to leave a rating and review wherever you listen, like iTunes, Stitcher, or Blueberry? I'm not sure if you can rate on there. Anywhere you can leave a rating or review, (laughs) (laughs) please do so, because it helps other listeners find us. Yeah, Uh, thank you so much for listening, and join us next week for episodes four episodes of my mister what episodes are they it's nine through twelve nine through (laughs) twelve i don't freaking know who knows (laughs) okay bye okay bye